FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate. Mustard Marlon leads the pack and orchestrates his hometown club to a third consecutive win. Portsmouth still with the ball outside the penalty area. Brophy got a foot in, but he can't stop the force of momentum. As Hackett down by the dead ball on the right side, just outside the penalty area. Cross to the far post. Ogilvy's there! Ogilvy makes it four! What a second half showing from Portsmouth! Portsmouth four, Cambridge one. Conor Ogilvie rounded off the scoring in midweek as the Blues soared into third position, defeating Cambridge United by four goals to one at Fratton Park. Ronan Curtis also got off the mark on Tuesday night with his first goal of the season. The Irishman is keen to keep that momentum going. We've been working hard on the training pitch. It's five unbeaten now and we're gelling together really nice, but we've just got to keep going. It's still early days, but we take that win into Saturday now. We'll also hear the pre-match thoughts of Danny Cowley ahead of tomorrow's clash with Bristol Rovers. He believes the supporters' response to going a goal behind in midweek helped to inspire his team to victory. A lot of people historically have spoken about Pompey being the 12th man. I mean, we don't even give out the number 12 shirt, do we here? Because we know that our supporters wear that. Do you have any burning Pompey questions or talking points that you'd like for the panel to discuss this evening? Maybe you've got some reflection to what we've got to say or a score prediction for the weekend's meeting with the gas. Whatever you'd like to tell us, please do get in touch. Text your name and message starting with the word express to 81400. Email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter or head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. You're dialed in to 93.7 Express FM, the only radio station proud to be passionately Pompey with full coverage of every blue season, home or away, rain or shine, we will be there. We're here tonight to preview Pompey's next challenge. I hope you're ready for another instalment of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome here to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. The updated timetables and locate your nearest stop simply by downloading the app. Just search for Stagecoach on either the Apple app or Google Play Store, download and you'll be ready to go. Me and my two studio guests have got so much to get through between now and seven o'clock. So before I welcome those two onto the show, let's waste no time and remind ourselves of what went down at PO4 on Tuesday night. The Blues went into the game against Cambridge United off the back of consecutive wins against Cardiff City and Cheltenham Town, aiming to make it five unbeaten in all competitions, whilst also searching for a first home victory of the season. Everything we do is passionately pompy. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately pompy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! 
Pompey live. Here we go. Portsmouth usual home colours going from left to right in this first 45 minutes, kicking towards the Milton end. Oh, Pompey almost played themselves into trouble at the back, and they do. And there's a chance for Tracy, and it's saved by the legs of Griffiths. And the rebound's over the bar, and Pompey get away with one there. It's a mess at the back, nil-nil. Tracy gets play away from two challenges. There's a lovely run from Tracy. Danger for Portsmouth. Ocadina just outside the penalty on the right-hand side. Ball to aim for in the middle. Great chance. Loose, and I'm uh, well, outside. away from taking the lead it's still nil-nil go directly into the near post and it's gone in the back of the net oh wow how was Ironside converted from that near post corner stuck a leg at it and it's just flown past Griffiths into the net in front of the Fratton end it's Portsmouth nil Cambridge one Pack looks to chip it into the penalty area looking for the run of Ogilvy pull back chance Bishop saved clearest opportunity Pompey have had all half Bishop struck it fairly well, and Mitov got down to make the save. Cambridge ending the half under the cosh. Ball into the box is over, hit towards Raggett. No, it's not! It's going to go to the net! Colby Bishop has scored! Raggett did all the hard work for him. Laid it on a plate inside the six-yard box. And Bishop has his first goal at Fratton Park. And Porton are level before the break. It's Porton 1, Cambridge 1. Left foot across is decent into a danger area. Raggett down, loose in the six-yard box. Back into the area. Loose again. Our oh, Bishop took it away from Scarlett. And then it's one back by Pompey outside the box. Dale, shot over the bar. Scarlett thinking about going for goal himself. Tries to go between two Cambridge players. Goes to ground. Doesn't get the free kick he was after. Two of the set-piece opportunities. Uh, slightly better than the corner as Larry whips it in deep to the far post. And it's dropped by Mitov. And it's found its way in. Has it? Goal given! from the back with Mitov, the goalkeeper, and Bishop trying to put him under pressure. They've lost possession, and there's danger here with Bishop in the area. Bishop, the chance is there for Jacobs, is in! Pompey has got a third, and Michael Jacobs slides on his knees in front of the Bratton end. It was a mistake to try and plough from the back for Cambridge. Pompey have punished them, it's Portsmouth 3, Cambridge 1. Portsmouth still with the ball outside the penalty area. Brophy got a foot in, but he can't stop the force of momentum as Hackett down by the dead ball on the right side, just outside the penalty area. Cross to the far post. Ogilvy's there! Ogilvy makes it four! And it's Ogilvy's turn to celebrate in front of the Fratton end. What a second half showing from Portsmouth. Hackett's cross. Ogilvy's finish. Portsmouth four, Cambridge one. Portsmouth will be very encouraged with the way the season is shaping up. Four league games in because they put four past Cambridge United here this evening at Fratton Park. And what looked half an hour in like it was going to be a challenging, difficult evening has turned into a resounding, impressive win. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Well, there you have it then. The highlights from Tuesday night as Pompey dispatched Cambridge United by four goals to one at Fratton Park. Let's summarise the other results from the midweek action in League One. Then Barnsley three, Bristol Rovers nil, Bolton one, Morecambe nil, Burton Albion nil, Ipswich one, Charlton Athletic five, Plymouth Argyle one. Exeter City three, Wickham Wanderers one, Fleetwood nil, 
Huddersfield, Cheltenham 0, MK Dons 2, Port Vale 1, Oxford United 1, Lincoln City 2, Peterborough United 2, Sheffield Wednesday 0. And it also ended goalless at Shrewsbury Town against Derby County. Then, of course, Pompey's 4-1 win over Cambridge United, leaving the League 1 standings looking a little like this. Ipswich Town top the tree with 10 points from the first four games. Peterborough second with nine points. And then in third, it is Pompey climbing up to third uh, in the table. The first time they've occupied the top six all season, albeit only started a few weeks ago. They're on eight points alongside Bolton Wanderers down in fourth. Extra and Charlton make up the rest of the playoff places. Tomorrow's opponents, Bristol Rovers, currently sit 10th. They've had a decent start to the season after their promotion from League Two last time out. We'll hear more about the guests a little later in the show. And then down at the bottom, rock bottom, Burton Albion with one point alongside Cheltenham Town, also with one point. Morecambe and MK Dons, the other sides making up the relegation places. Okay. Joining us right the way up until 7 o'clock this evening, delighted to welcome back onto the show for the first time this season. Joins us on a evening-long loan deal <laughs> from uh, the Free Lads in the pub, pub podcast, Jeff Harris. Great to, great to see you. Hello, mate. Good to be back. It is good to be back, and it's good to be talking about not just a Pompey win, Jeff, but quite an emphatic one of that as well. Yeah, definitely. It was a, it was a fantastic result and a fantastic atmosphere on Tuesday night. Um, we always say... That Tuesday nights or or any midweek game under the lights at, at Fatton Park is something special. And after Saturday, I put out a tweet on Saturday saying people people are getting a vibe that uh, that is going around Portsmouth at the moment. And and you know when we've said it many a times when the, when the fans and the team connect, it is an unstoppable force at Fatton Park. It is indeed, and uh, also there on Tuesday night to witness what was a fantastic occasion at PO4. Uh, commentator for the Pompey Audio Description Service, Frankie Rudland. Frankie, pleasure to have you back on the show, my friend. Hello, my friend. Pleasure to be here. And uh, and what a game, like we said just then, with, with, with Jeff. 4-1 win for Pompey, and likewise, you know, what, what Jeff's feeling off there, the fans at Fratton Park, after going <laughs> a goal behind in the first half, they never never really gave up. They were there for the team to support them through thick and thin, and it really, the noise got if anything louder after going a goal behind and we'll hear from Danny Cowley later on but you could hear in the intro that's what spurred him on that's what spurred the side on to actually go out and win that game yeah absolutely and I think that's probably a reflection of, of the summer Pompey have had and the fact that even though we did go a goal down there's a belief there that the side is good enough and we've got enough weight in the wings as well to, to turn it around and that's exactly what happened plenty of belief uh, hanging around Fratton Park this season Jeff is there reason for that belief there must be some sort of warranty to have so much expectation we know at some point there will be defeat and we're all going to come crashing down back to reality and it's going to hurt but genuinely from what you've seen on the pitch from the players that have been signed the mentality around just the entire squad at the moment is there genuine cause to actually think you know what this could actually be our year I actually think there is. I think I've seen enough, especially in the games against Cardiff, the fight back against Sheffield Wednesday. Okay, we had a bit of a blip against Lincoln. Um, but I, I feel that we. I've seen enough in this team, enough belief from the players in this team that they can turn any situation around. Okay, we didn't go over the line against Lincoln, but, I mean, Tuesday night, 1-0 down, the fans just got louder and louder and louder. When you see the, the, the video that Portsmouth put out about the game analysis and it, I think the, the the caption was together yeah. or something like that yeah. in one of the clips and it zoomed in on the Pompey fan clapping, standing up and getting behind the team. 
that's what we're about. That's that's what we were known about, our famous atmosphere. And, and it just seems to be clicking again. The last time we saw that was when we won League Two. Yeah. Previous times, it was when we were in the Premiership and, you know, back to the wall kind of stuff when we were coming down the leagues as well. So... I, I, I said on the podcast, I think I think we were definitely a top six side. And I said with one or two additions, we'll be a top three. I think at the moment we're a top four. Mm. If we can just get another winger, maybe another centre-half, um, and, and another maybe a 10 or, or an attacking player that can play two or three positions, I think that's definitely a top three side. On the subject of wingers as well, Frankie, a player who I imagine will have a lot of you know pressure on his shoulders this season due to the signings that have been made uh, in and around his, his sort of position on the pitch, Frankie, is Ronan Curtis. However, started the season really brightly and on Tuesday night really coordinated um, a, a lot of Pompey's proceedings going forward. And you can see the passion and the energy that he shows towards this city, towards this football club. And if he can continue this you know, rich vein of form that he started the season off with, we're in for you know, a decent season, not just in regards to the whole team, but from what Ronan Curtis can hopefully deliver too. Absolutely. And I've always been quite a large fan of Ronan Curtis. Um, in, in the in the kind of early seasons that he, he was he was at Pompey, he was one of our most important players and a constant source of goals. When we didn't always have attackers firing, we, we a lot of the time lent uh, the goals at Ronan Curtis and, and other wingers scored for us in Jamal Lowe and Marcus Harner. So I think he's a hugely important player. I think there was a lot of conversation around him last season as to whether you know, can he play in those attacking roles that Danny Cowley wanted to just behind the strike or or as a second striker? I think he is better on the left. I, I am in the group of people that think he does perform better when he comes off that left flank. Um, and I think now he's now he's back out there. He's still got an awful lot he can mm. offer to Portsmouth. And I know some people sort of don't quite resonate with, with his attitude. And at times he, he can come across as if he's, he's stropping. But I think when you get a Ronan Curtis that has some fire in his belly, um, you've got a serious, serious player at this level. Yeah. And if we can harness that, keep him happy and, and kind of rotate him into the squad and get performance out of him like that, then I, again, I think he can, can do massive things for us this season. Mm. And you can just see the passion coming out of him when he when he scored on, on Tuesday night. Knee slides straight over to the Portsmouth fans, um, blowing a kiss. It was, it, was, it was class to see him back and, and I just hope he can push on again. Yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of the Blues attacker, he caught up with Henry Port on the touchline at Fratton Park after the 4-1 win over Cambridge on Tuesday night. Rodan, first home league win of the season and what a way to do it. Describe it for us. Yeah, obviously, um, tough way into the game, obviously, going 1-0 down. But I think the lads showed great character to come back and beat a tough Cambridge side 4-1. Obviously showed a great reaction, as you mentioned, coming back from 1-0 down. What was the message like at half-time? Just stay in the game like we did. Um, good to come back uh, just on half-time. Um, Gaffer spoke at half-time saying we're well in this, they're there for the taking and we showed that in the second half. Also shows a great mentality of the group as well. How important is that as we look to kick on this season? Yeah, 100%. Uh, unbeaten now in five, I think it is. So um, got a great team, um, a lot of backing in the staff and players-wise. So, yeah, we look at a very good side at the minute. The second half in particular, we seem to step up a gear, got those three goals as well and it seemed like an all-round great team performance. Yeah, 100%. Like you say... Um, We've been working hard on the training pitch. Um, that's five unbeaten now and we're gelling together really nice, but um, we just got to keep going. It's still early days, but we take that win into Saturday now. Obviously, you've got one of our goals tonight, but describe it for us. Yeah, um, that's what I'm in the team to do, obviously. Um, score and set up goals, but as long as I give 110% for the lads and for my staff, that's all that matters. It feels like there's a real connection now, obviously, with the fans and the players and everything. It feels like we're all coming together and building something special here this season. Yeah, of course. Like 
been here. This is my fifth season now. Fans have been amazing. But, um, yes, yeah, obviously, it's lovely to play at home with 19, 20,000, whatever it is, and they push us on that extra 10%. Obviously, the subs who came on as well made a difference as well, so an all-round team performance. Yeah, of course. Like, we've got a big group of lads. It's not just the starting 11, whoever it is. It's, it's the 19 and, and the staff as well that push us through it. Obviously, great to be back at home today, but again, we have another home game on Saturday. Bristol Rovers, another great challenge for us. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Bristol Rovers, they're not going to be no pushovers, but um, we take good positives from today and move on, and hopefully we do the same on Saturday. There you go, then. The post-match thoughts of Ronan Curtis following the Blues 4-1 win over Cambridge United on Tuesday evening. Jeff, Ronan Curtis, we know what he's about. We know what he can bring to the team, but this is a huge season for him. It, it, it definitely is. You know, there's... The, the club have made no secret about they are open to offers for him. For me, a bit like Frankie, I think he's got a role to play in this squad. I think he just brings uh, that, the passion and energy to that left-hand side. I love Michael Jacobs on, on the left wing when he cuts in. But I just think, Kurt, I know he has these detractors, but for me, Curtis, he brings he just brings something different. He, he's a bit more direct. OK, he's not pacey pacey but at least he brings a bit more energy to the attacking threat going down the left and, and trying to whip those balls in some of the balls aren't, aren't great after time but at least he's getting into those positions yeah. and we know that if he cuts in on his right foot he, he nine times out of ten he'll get his shot away and, and it normally goes in I just don't see enough of him on the right hand side although he is right footed he's more naturally suited to be playing on the left hand side and, and I'd, I'd keep him in the squad definitely for this season Yeah. if you've got anything to add to anything we've said so far this evening Blues fans tuning in do you agree with what Jeff is saying there is Ronan Curtis much better on the left as opposed to the right hand side does he have such a big role to play in this squad this season 81400 is our text number make sure you start those with the word express you can email sport at expressfm.com you can tweet using at expressfm or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. An email before we do head to a break from Dave in List. Hi Jake and Co. We really are a second half team at the moment, are we? But we still got the job done. I really enjoyed the high pressing for the third goal and the crowd responded really well to that kind of pressure being applied. The fourth goal was also a good team goal with the most uh, we almost prolific, Connor Ogilvie applying the finish. Despite the convincing win, I felt that Cambridge were a better footballing side than Lincoln, but the victory cemented what has so far been a good start for us. On to Bristol Rovers, where the main danger appears to be striker Aaron Collins, although I guess we shouldn't ignore a certain John Marquis in the lineup. Having said that, I see very few changes to our team for the match. Maybe Louis Thompson recalled for Tom Lowry, and maybe Joe Piggott starting, and Dane Scarlett coming off the bench in the second half. Whatever. I'm going for a 3-1 win. Thank you to Dave Liss on the emails for getting in touch. OK then, after the break, we're going to take a listen to some of Danny Cowley's thoughts from Tuesday's win over Cambridge United. Anyone that lived Fratton Park on Tuesday night would have known how hard we had to work to get into that place in the game. So, um, yeah, nothing for granted. We know that every game in this league is incredibly tough and we also know that we have to be at our very, very best if we want to get on the right side of it. Jeff, Frankie and I will be back in just a moment with more Pompey discussion as well as that interview with Danny Cowley when the Football Hour returns after this. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app. 
to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Hello everyone, welcome back to part two of tonight's edition of the Footblower, proudly supported by Stagecoach South, getting you through Hampshire and across the South Coast with a minimum of fuss, whilst also maintaining affordable fares and doing their bit towards a cleaner, greener environment. Before we break, myself, Jeff and Frankie were talking about Ronan Curtis, his impact on Tuesday night, and of course with big season he is set to have for the Blues this time around. Let's go through the goals from Tuesday then. Frankie, obviously, we've already spoken about um, how the fact that Pompey went a goal behind on Tuesday to Cambridge United. That goal came uh, via Joe Ironside in the 30th minute after what's quite a dominant opening half an hour for the Blues. It really actually came to quite as, as a shock to the system when that goal went in. It did and this, the Fratton Park probably fell silent for half a second before the fans picked themselves up and, and got behind the team again just through, through pure shock. But in all fairness to Cambridge, I actually did think they had a couple of really clear openings, probably the stronger chance of the half before that. Uh, Tracy went through and drew a smart stop from Griffiths and they also had a, a one just before the goal. I think it was actually the chance which led to the corner from Ironside as well, who was causing Morrison quite a lot of problems in, in the early exchanges. It, Morrison was probably on the losing end of that particular battle for a while, but managed to get a grip of it as the game went on. But yeah, you, you could tell that, that Ironside is, uh, is, is strong forward. He's obviously one of their key players and he, he caused problems in the air and made a smart run to the front post hmm. no one really went with him um rushed off i think we had a player on the on the near post that rushed off the goal line and it was just a bizarre finish really wasn't it? he just sort of flipped it yeah. and before you know it was in the back of the net albeit in hindsight jeff the goal didn't really matter for pompey because we went on to win the game four goals to one and it was quite a quite a comfortable second half once the goals did float however it was like, like Frankie said, just a perhaps just a lapse in concentration. It was that, that clear moment of football where you snap off for two seconds and the ball's in the back of the net and you yeah, wander down. He, he kind of backheeled it off his thigh, calf, whatever. I didn't really mm. see the connection, but he was facing away from goal. And yeah. It was he, he just jumped and and tried to get any connection. There. Unfortunately, it went in. Um, and, and like Frankie said, I, I thought for all the the. the possession we had in those first 30 minutes we just weren't controlled in the in the final third for me um we we huffed and puffed quite a lot but i was always confident that if we got one we'd go on and get two because cambridge i don't see as a team who would sit back and settle for a draw i think they're a different team to what we'll see tomorrow at bristol rovers i think if we get an early goal tomorrow it will go on but obviously we'll talk about that in a minute but to get back into it and then to go 2-1 up. Um, it, it's kind of ironic that Ironside got a lucky deflection and then Curtis kind of bundles it over in the same yeah, goal, yeah. in the same kind of area. And then then the gap started to appear for Cambridge. They, they came became a bit disjointed. They, 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 they had to come out and try and get the equaliser. So that left more gaps for us to exploit. And, and with the pace of Owendale down the right, I thought... Him and Curtis swapping, and that was great to see. They they were taking ownership and 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 taking um, the decision for themselves to, to swap wings, and that and that ball in for the first goal for the equaliser. I mean, I was like, why is Raggett still up there? <laughs> and he's he's outstretched his leg, and he, and, he, and he's managed to pull it back for Goldby Bishop. 
Golby Bishop, yeah. Uh, and, and Frankie as well, you know, Jeff mentions the first goal, and that's the next goal we're going to come on to talk about, the equaliser. It came at a perfect time for Pompey, and look, albeit perhaps going a goal behind was uh, slightly against the run of players. Jeff alludes to there, Cambridge are a decent side. They certainly showed Pompey why they're a decent side, why they've had such a strong start to the campaign, and perhaps why some of their fans are you know, hoping for a top 10, maybe even a top 6 finish this season. However... Pompey found a way back in the game. It was a great time to score. And Sean Raggett, I don't know what you're doing there, Sean, but it was a fantastic touch to keep it on the pitch and lay up Colby Bishop to, to poke home. Just talk us through that goal and just why, for so many reasons, that was a crucial turning point in the game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I said when I was commentating, it's it's massive that Portsmouth try and get themselves back into this before the half because if Cambridge go in one up at the break, they can kind of group together and come out. And it, it might even change the way they want to play. Like Jeff said, if, they, if they'd if have gone in one there at the break, they might have come out and we'd have seen a different Cambridge United. As as it was, they did come out and try and attack Portsmouth again, which was actually quite refreshing to, to see a side come and, and actually want to play football against us on a Tuesday night away from home. But yeah, the goal just had... You know, it's just quality all the way through it. And we've seen Sean Raggett at many points last season. He actually got himself a fair few goals. Mm. He, he kind of has a knack of just sort of staying up and thinking, OK, why can't I? You know, just see if this ball's recycled. If it comes back in, I might have a half chance of scoring here. He didn't score, but he did get on the end of a, a very nice, deep-searching cross from um, from Dale, who I thought was really bright, actually, for Portsmouth. Um, and kind of a sign of, hopefully, a lot of good things to come. And Colby Bishop, he, he just can do no wrong at the minute, can't he? I mean, he, he didn't have much of a job to put it in the back of the net, but that's just what we've been we've been crying for for years. It's just someone that knows exactly where to stand, knows exactly where to be. You don't have to score screamers to, to make your way up and, no. and be a really important player or or have an impressive goal tally at the end of the season. You just need to be in the right spot. And, um, yeah, Golby Bishop seems to be doing just that in a minute. <laughs> and Frankie mentioned there, Jeff, um, obviously Golby Bishop, and I don't think we really need to talk too much more about him. He's scoring goals for fun. That, that's, that's the final piece of a jigsaw that Pompey have been searching for for ages. And, and yet again, back on the score sheet on Saturday, uh, the perfect time too. But Owen Dale, um, first start at Fratton Park on Saturday, what did you make of his, you know, essentially debut in front of the in front of the Blues fans? He was he was full of energy, full of running, full of um, intelligent runs as well. They weren't just headless chicken runs as, as we've seen some players in the past. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. He got back and defended as well. That's that's the refreshing part. Normally, when you see an attacking winger like that. They're, they're kind of higher up the pitch but it was great to see him come back and helping out Rafferty at one point he was even further back than Rafferty tracking I think it was Shiloh Tracy he was tracking him back in the first half so he had a, for me he had a great home debut on Tuesday night and I look forward to seeing him again Saturday I, I do hope he does start Saturday because yeah. I think we're going to need players like him against Bristol Rovers and obviously in the in the tough run of games we've got coming up as well so Look, he he's balling for Raggett at the back post. That cannot be. I, I was like, who's that over there on the left? It was actually Owen Dale, and 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 we've been. You you mentioned there about Colby Bishop about the striker we've we've needed for one or two seasons. I think Owen Dale is, is the winger we've probably needed since we lost Jamal Lowe. Yes, we had Marcus Harness, but I always saw Harness as a 10. Yeah. And he's flourishing at Ipswich as a 10 now. He's scored, what, two and three or something like that? Three and, um, three and four or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I think Owen Dale's the nearest thing to to right winger since Jamal alone. Yeah. Jeff, thank you. Frankie, thank you likewise as well, my friend. We'll be back with those two in just a few moments' time. And Blues fans tuning in back home, don't forget, we want to hear your perspective from Tuesday's 4-1 win over the U's as well, as well as your score predictions for tomorrow's visit of Bristol Rovers. All the usual ways can be found on our website, expressfm.com, if you don't know them by now. OK, let us turn our attention away for now towards the next Pompey game. The three of us will be discussing the rest of the goals from Tuesday night very shortly. But tomorrow, it's another home encounter for Danny Cowley's side. Bristol Rovers await tomorrow afternoon at Fratton Park. And the Blues gaffer has been speaking to our very own Henry Deacon about how much he's looking forward to the visit of Bristol Rovers, as well as the joy of starting a new campaign so strongly. I always enjoy football. I think for us, yeah, it's been a busy start to the season. To be five unbeaten at this point is obviously a, a real positive. Yeah, we're working progress. We come together at the back end of pre-season. There's still a lot of work for us to do both in possession and out of possession, but we're moving gradually in the right direction and, yeah, we've, we've been able to be pretty well organised defensively, keeping three clean sheets in, in, those, in those five games and, and also carrying a, a goal threat, which is important. I suppose early on in the season, we usually have these conversations and maybe be maybe need goals here and there. Obviously, the goals have come in, clean sheet, as you mentioned, three from five. So, so far, it looks as if it's a, a fairly well-oiled machine. I think, yeah, for us, we're, we're pleased with the start that we've made. Credit to the players, really hard-working, humble group. I think being really open-minded and willing to take the information on and that's allowed us to probably accelerate the process. We're just very conscious not to get ahead of ourselves. We know football and you saw the game on Tuesday and I know the end result is a 4-1 victory and it looks resounding but anyone that lived Fratton Park on Tuesday night would have known how hard we had to work to get into that place in the game so um, yeah nothing for granted we know that every game in this league is incredibly tough and we also know that we have to be at our very very best if we want to get on the right side of it People obviously mentioned the second half on Tuesday night, but there are a couple of moments in the first half that perhaps described your character as much as anything else, getting the equaliser before the break and, of course, the saves that Josh made as well, two really good ones. Yeah, well, I think Tuesday was the first time we've conceded a clear-cut chance in Sheffield Wednesday, so we've defended really well to that point. Cambridge are a really difficult opponent. There's a lot to like. That's why we're so pleased with the win, ultimately, because I think they're a team that will be really competitive this year. And they carry real threat, not just from open play crosses and set pieces, but also from from transitions. And yeah, they certainly carried those qualities on Tuesday night. I thought, yeah, when we conceded, it's never easy when you concede at home. But yeah, the supporters, I thought, were magnificent. Just the way they stayed with the group. It was almost like the noise got louder when we conceded. And we saw that kind of wonderful resilience and determination, which kind of... Uh, are brilliant qualities of the people of Portsmouth and uh, it kind of galvanised the players and I was really pleased with the character that the players showed and the way that we come through that test and ultimately yeah, scoring just before half time was a good good time to score and I thought yeah it set, set up what was a good second half performance from the touchline, what's that feeling like when that fratten crowd really gets into it? Is it difficult to describe? Yeah, it was a pretty special place to play football and you know we had a our, our game review meeting today was all around trying to harness the advantages that you get at Fratton Park and uh, just wanted the players to be aware. Michael Morrison spoke really eloquently this morning just about how much he thought, felt the support was with us, particularly when we were 1-0 down and he played over 500 games and he 
yeah, I said that he hadn't had that feeling before of the way the crowd, you know, really galvanised the group and how important it was that, that we harness this going forward because that can be... Uh, a lot of people historically have spoken about Pompey being the 12th man. I mean, we don't even give out the number 12 shirt, do we, here? Because we know that our supporters wear that. Yeah, a good 17,000 Portsmouth supporters that were women and men of the matches on Tuesday night. Yeah, it was, a, it was a club effort for sure. There you have it then. Danny Carley speaking to our very own Henry Deacon at the training ground on Thursday afternoon. We're going to hear more from him in the next part of the show. We're going to feature on and, and, and really feed upon what um, Danny Carley was saying towards the end of that interview in a few moments, Frankie. But let's talk about the goals again on Tuesday night. We've spoken about for Ronan Curtis and how, how he bundled that second goal for Pompey over the line to put the Blues into the lead over Cambridge. But the third goal, Michael Jacobs. Um, so after some real intense pressing uh, towards the Cambridge back line, it was one, and Michael Jacobs darting into the box. Well, sorry, Cobby Bishop darting into the box. He had the opportunity sh- to shoot, hesitated a little bit, laid it off to Michael Jacobs at the perfect time for him to slot it underneath uh, Mitov in between the sticks for Cambridge United. Arguably, the goalkeeper should have done a little bit better. But again, uh, great persistency from Pompey to really be chasing that ball down and pl- applying the pressure upon Cambridge. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, well, certainly from from listening to the guys on on Jess podcast um, last season, we they made a lot of and, and spoke a lot about the number of turnovers Portsmouth actually had and, and the amount we were actually winning the ball high at the pitch. But I suppose the problem was converting that into actually creating chances for ourselves. I think we were just lacking that kind of final bit of touch or final intelligence that would actually transform those those turnovers into goals. And that's exactly what we saw. It was, it was a really good sort of group press. You had three players just going over and absolutely hounding Cambridge, who, in, again, in fairness, were, were trying to play football and trying to play out. Nick the ball, comes over to Colby Bishop. I think the whole crowd's urging him to, to have a go with his left foot, especially the form he's in. But he's just got that presence of mind to open his body up and just poke it over mm-hmm. to Michael Jacobs. And when you've got a player like Jacobs stepping off the bench, yes, Mito probably should have done better with it. But even so, yeah, I, I say it's a good enough finish. It's difficult. He, he was close enough in where yeah. it's hit with power and accuracy. It's going to be difficult for any keeper. Um, and even so, it, it was a well-worked goal and, and nice to see... Uh, Danny Cowley's sort of vision of pressing uh, pay dividends. Yeah, and uh, a player who probably hasn't got uh, as much of the credit for Tuesday's win, Jeff, is Dane Scarlett, uh, the 19-year-old loney from Tottenham Hotspur. Hasn't quite got off the mark in terms of scoring goals this season, but you can't deny the fact that he runs his socks off. Yeah. every single game and Tuesday night was no different and what I love to see from Fratton Park was what we saw on Tuesday night he got subbed off around the 60 minute mark had a great um, opening half to the game really um, you know applying the pressure chasing everything down to really force Cambridge into the mistakes but they did I can't wait for him to get his first goal but the reception he got after being subbed off walking past the north stand being applauded you know standing ovation from everyone he walked past past the Fratton end got his own new song and then the South Stand as well, whilst everyone in the front row of each of those stands reaching their arms out, trying to trying to get the high five in. That was, or well, must have been a special moment for him. It was, and I actually caught a glimpse of his family in the South Stand, and they were absolutely loving it. Mm. They were looking over to the fattening end, and, and they just couldn't believe the reception he was getting. And I hope the lad scores on Saturday um, in the fattening end, because <laughs> I think he's going to go absolutely mental. And... and Portsmouth fans appreciate a hard-working player. Yeah. Um, we, we we stuck by Benjani all those all those games, and then he went on a run. Um, 
Dane Scarlett is, is definitely a talent and he is definitely one for the future. But if if he's playing like that already at the age of 19, really in his first taste of men's football, when he gets his first goal, I can see him going on and getting three, four, five yeah. in, in a run of games. Um, I, th I, I think tomorrow I'd rather bring him on around about 60 minutes, 50 minutes, 60 minutes, when the back four of Bristol will be a bit more tired and just let him move his power and pace and just run at them. And the key thing about Dane Scarlett as well, Jeff, as you mentioned, he started on Saturday, um, you know, he looks like a decent starter and a decent acquisition to have in this side. If we are rotating the team to have Colby Bishop, Dane Scarlett, Joe Piggott in the side, maybe even Ronan Curtis up top if we need to. But Dane Scarlett also the kind of player who, if you do bring him on after 60 minutes, when the, you know, the tiring legs of Bristol Rovers or any team we come up against um, are doing just that, he's also a good option to have off a bench. So it's it's just great to have that kind of balance between the both. Yeah, and I, I just think there's so many options in this squad now. Yeah. We, 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 we joked and, and said that we thought the Cowleys needed to have the the summer transfer window of all summer transfer windows and, and they've done it you know we finally we finally got a squad that resembles that 2017 squad who who we could be proud of and the Portsmouth fans can, can connect with okay it didn't work under Kenny that's gone you know the the, the Cowleys said free transfer windows and we were a bit sceptical about the third transfer window but my god they've, they've pulled it off and, and you know and, and this just ride this this wave of enthusiasm, this wave of positivity, and and that just builds momentum. And if you can build enough momentum, you go into every game thinking, do you know what? We don't care if you're going to score one past us because we're going to put two, three, four past you. And that's the that's the kind of positivity that you can build. Yeah. And I think this squad has got it in abundance. And like I said at the beginning of the show, if we can add one or two more key key acquisitions, that is a top three, dare I say it, top two side. You never know. Never you know. never know. <laughs> um, Pragmatic Frog, Matt Fry on Twitter. Everybody keep that attitude at 1-0 down and we'll turn plenty of games around if we need to. Stick with them. Back of them all, we are on our way back. Hashtag Pompey. Thank you, Matt, uh, for that tweet. Anthony Hess, a great all-round team performance, especially in the second half. Even when a goal down, always felt would go on to win the game. Pack has to be the signing of the season. So superior he was. New boys Dale and Lowry bring in great energy, and Bishop is a bagsman. Thank you to Anthony as well for your comment there. Don't forget, but if like uh, Matt and Anthony there, you'd like to have your say on anything we've spoken about so far, or even something else, be a question for the panel or a score prediction we very much welcome you to get involved with the show you have just about 20 minutes to do so and all the usual ways to get in touch are as follows it's 81400 on the text beginning your messages with the word express and including your name at the end otherwise you can email sport at expressfm.com include at expressfm on twitter or find us on facebook facebook.com forward slash pompey live We'll have the final thoughts of Jeff Harris and Frankie Rudland, as well as more from Danny Cowley and a closer inspection on Bristol Rovers. That's all coming up on the third and final part of this evening's episode of the Football Hour next. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5. 
a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of 5 day riders for the price of 4. And Flexi 10. Bundles of 10 day riders for the price of 7. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach Bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. You join us here for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide in your area. Still to come, more text, tweets and emails coming in from you guys tuning in back home. The final words of Jeff and Frankie, as well as their score predictions too. And Danny Cowley's pre-match thoughts as well. That's all on the way before 7 o'clock. But not before we pass you over to pre-recorded me, who provides all you need to know about Pompey's next opponent, Bristol Rovers. The Blues are off to a flyer this season. Five games in all competitions, three of which ended in victory and still yet to taste defeat. This weekend, it's league action again. Bristol Rovers are in town. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. A pulsating second-half display in midweek saw Danny Cowley's side rob to victory, dispatching Cambridge United by four goals to one at Fratton Park. Strikes from Colby Bishop, Ronan Curtis, Michael Jacobs and Connor Ogilvy helped move Pompey up to third in the League One standings. And it's back to PO4 we go next to find out if the Blues can pick up from where they left off just four days prior. Manager. The Gas, as Bristol Rovers are known to be named, have been directed by former Premier League midfielder Joey Barton since his appointment 18 months ago. The ex-Manchester City, Newcastle and Queen's Park Rangers hothead joined the West Country outfit when they were staring relegation to the bottom tier directly in the face. In the end, he was unable to divert the club's fate of relegation. He did, however, bring Rovers straight back up into League One and in dramatic fashion too. With Northampton winning 3-1 away at Barrow on the final day, the Gas had to win by seven goals against already relegated Scunthorpe United to overtake the Cobblers into the final promotion place. And they did just that, finishing third in League Two and securing Barton's first big managerial achievement. The 39-year-old, who is no stranger to controversy, both on and off the pitch, has only previously held one other role in the dugout, having spent nearly three years at Fleetwood Town following his appointment in 2018. One to watch. Once again, we focus our attention here to a former Blues player, and for good reason too. 30-year-old forward John Marquis now features for Bristol Rovers, having left Fratton Park in January to join Lincoln City, where he only managed five goals from 20 appearances. Marquis spent two and a half years at Pompey following his hugely anticipated arrival from Doncaster Rovers in 2019. However, failed to really live up to the expectation and the promise shown at Donny, leaving PO4 with 28 goals from 92 League One games wearing the Portsmouth colours. Marquis has found the back of the net once in his first four league appearances for the Gas this season. Top scorer. Whilst Pompey have the league's top scorer, Colby Bishop, in their arsenal, Bristol Rovers possess the man who is joint second. 25-year-old Aaron Collins has so far bagged three goals upon the club's return to the third tier, with two coming in one match against Burton Albion. The Welshman grew up in the Rovers Academy before moving to Newport in 2014, making his senior debut against Swindon Town in the Football League Trophy in the same year whilst with the Exiles. Collins is by no means shy in front of goal, despite the fact he's currently on a three-game drought. 
The striker netted on 16 occasions in League Two last term, making him the division's fifth highest scorer. Current form. Rovers currently sit 10th in the early League One standings, having picked up six points from their opening four games. Joe Parton's side opened the new campaign with a loss at home to Forest Green Rovers before thrashing Burton Albion away from home a week later by four goals to nil. The Gas are out of the Carabao Cup following defeats of Crawley in the first round, which preceded a 1-0 win over Oxford upon their return to league action. Most recently in midweek, they fell to a 3-0 defeat away at Barnsley. So can Pompey continue their electric start to the season or will they fall to defeat for the first time at the hands of Bristol Rovers? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. There we have it then, a closer look at tomorrow's opponents. Bristol Rovers kick off, of course, three o'clock at Fratton Park. We haven't mentioned Conor Ogilvie's goal from Tuesday night, but fourth to round up the Blues win over Cambridge United. Fantastic volley um, after some great work from Rico Hackett on the right-hand side. We haven't got much time to talk about that goal in particular, um, Thranky. We've discussed how big... Uh, um, how big an impact the 12th man played on Tuesday night. We heard it from Danny Carley in the previous part of the show and how that sort of support, how we've seen it over the last few seasons, but particularly in midweek, how that support when going a goal down is just as important as that support when you go a goal up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to be massive again on, on Saturday because... I think we're going to see a completely different team uh, to, well, a, a side that play a com- completely different way to, to the way that Cambridge did on, on Tuesday night. I think we're going to see a Joey Barton side that's going to come here and look to be resilient uh, with lots of gamesmanship involved and try and frustrate the fans. And I think, if anything, that's probably worse and, and harder to stick with when you see a game, um, as, as we did with Lincoln, that was you know frustrating, not much mm-hmm. going on struggling and huffing and puffing I think that's when the fans will, will really come into their own because if we can stay with Pompey through that I think that's just as powerful as, as sticking with them when we go a goal down when the performance hasn't necessarily been terrible and albeit a newly promoted side Jeff from what we've seen so far this season from the opening four games two wins two defeats um, tenth from the table a decent start for a newly promoted side in Bristol Rovers managed by none other than Joe Barton John Marcus up top this isn't going to be an easy game as much as we'd like to think it would be no I, I want to echo Frankie's thoughts there because I think it's it, it's exactly going to be that I think they're going to be tight I think they're going to be compact maybe a 4-5-1 um, he's, Barton will, will set his team up for straight play for set pieces and try and hit Pompey on the break we've just got to be savvy enough in our own half not to give away needless free kicks I think if we if, if we can weather the, the, the storm a bit like a bit like on Tuesday night mm. um, if we can get through the first 20 30 minutes I think we'll we'll comfortably go on to win the game I'd just like to see us get an early goal in the yeah. first 10, 15 minutes because that means Bristol Rovers have got to come out and, and try and play for a point. And I, I just think at the moment when teams are going to have to come out and play against Pompey and leave gaps at the back, we've got the players to exploit that, especially if Pickett's playing tomorrow, which mm. which I suspect he, he may. I hope he does. Um, and, and Pickett will just find those pockets of space and play those balls in for... for Bishop and, and Owen Dale out there maybe see Michael Jacobs come back in on the left uh, but 
if they are going to do a four-five-one, I'd like to see Curtis out there, and then Jacobs come on and, yeah. and exploit those pockets of space like we did on Tuesday night. And we'll come on to get the score predictions of Jeff and Frankie as well as their final thoughts as well. After we've heard the final thoughts of Danny Cowley, Henry Deacon caught up with the Blues gaffer once more at the training ground yesterday afternoon. This time talking about Bristol Rovers and their start to the new season. Well, I think they'd be pleased with their start. Two wins out of the first three. A resounding win at Burton away, 4-0. And then backed up with a really good home win against Oxford. I think they've recruited well this summer. Obviously, they've brought a real confidence and momentum from last season. Yeah, we anticipate a, a really tough game. Um, I think they're a competitive team. I think that they're a team that have got have got goals in them. I think they've got a nice balance between some experienced players and some young ones on the way up. Yeah, I mean, I heard Joey Barton speak after the Oxford game about his aspirations for Bristol Rovers as a club, trying to get be the first Bristol club to go to the Premier League. So that kind of says a lot about their ambition, where, where they're thinking. So, yeah, we anticipate a really tough game. One thing you're always going to get from a Joey Barton team is a team that's going to be right at you and right at it for the entirety of the 90 minutes, no matter what the result, no matter what's happening within the game. Of course, of course. You know, Joey had a brilliant career as a, as a player. Um, my Lincoln team would have played against him in the uh, fifth round of the FA Cup. And, um, yeah, I remember that day, first half an hour, he just gave, for any young midfield player, just uh, a brilliant performance on how to land on the second ball. And, and of course, technically, he had a, had a huge amount of quality as well. You don't play in the Premier League without, without that. And uh, he's now finding his way as, as a manager, but certainly... Um, Incredibly competitive and we anticipate a, a really tough game. Team news-wise, how close do you say you are to a fully fit selection? Well, we're getting there. The good news is that we've got everybody on the grass. So uh, Ryan Tunnicliffe and Jaden Reid are back on the grass, which is good. Denver Hume, Clark Robertson, Joe Morell have all trained all week and are available for selection. So, yeah, really positive. Yeah, really positive news from Danny Cowley there regarding the injury situation at Fratton Park. As you've just heard, Clark Robertson, Denver Hume, Joe Morell, Jaden Reid all close to a Pompey return, which is fantastic to see. If you thought the squad depth in this team was good already, well, we've got some plenty more players to come back, as well as some potential new arrivals as well. But transfer window, of course, not yet finished. And we understand that Danny Cowley is very interested in two of Cambridge's uh, players from Tuesday night, both Harvey Nibs and uh, is it Shiloh Tracy as well, the winger for Cambridge United. So keep, um, keep tabs on those ones, Pompey fans. I don't think we're quite done in the transfer window just yet. Let's talk about some players who have left Fratton Park on loan this season so far this transfer window Toby Stewart of course has gone out loan to Bognor Regis Liam Vincent has gone out loan to Maidstone United Dan Gifford is now at Weymouth uh, Alfie Bridgman has gone out to Bognor Regis Harry Jewett White he also scored in midweek for his new side he's on loan at Gosport Borough and there's potential loan uh, moves for an, an interest for Hadji Minogue we believe Danny Carley wants him to go out and play football league um, or have football league game time league two sides potentially uh, interested in Hadji Minogue Ryan Tunnicliffe attracting interest from AFC Wimbledon but no yet uh, concrete offers nothing materialising as of yet no real news uh, regarding Kieran Freeman but again this could all change uh, within a matter of moments Jeff Harris before we do leave do want to mention Ryan Stray now he's a Pompey fan who's in a bit of a predicament this this weekend yeah so I I saw uh, uh, some tweets by Ryan trying to get some uh, transport down from Worthing I, I understand he's got uh, transported the, the, the guys in a wheelchair unfortunately um, the club have put a tweet out saying can anyone um, support him 
and and I've been on, as you know, I've been on Twitter during the show, and I've been trying to help him out. He's he's managed to get a taxi that can bring him down from Worthing, Good. and we're and we're desperately trying to to get him a taxi to get back from Worthing after the game on Saturday due to the train strikes. The Pompey family have yet again, you know, they never cease to amaze me, have raised money for for the taxi fare. Um, Aqua cars have have come back and say can you can phone up and book, but they keep telling them he needs to book on the day. We just we just want to get Ryan a taxi booked tonight. Some so, sort of a certainty. Yeah, yeah. You, you know we don't want him leaving leaving stranded in Portsmouth, and I'm sure someone will come to the rescue any anyway if if that were the case. But you know if any anyone out there knows anyone who's got some uh, transportation that could could pick Ryan up and and accommodate his needs, please get in touch with Ryan Stray on 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 Twitter or even to myself find. Find me on Twitter and I'll I'll put you in contact with Ryan and, and everything else. But Ryan's handle is Ryan Stray ninety ninety six and we'll take it from there. Lovely. Jeff, thank you very much. What a fantastic thing for Pompey fans to do. Really quickly, Pompey Bristol Rovers, what's your score prediction? Jeff Harris. I think if we get an early goal, we'll win 3 0. 3 0, says Jeff. Jeff, thank you very much for joining us on the show tonight. It's been a pleasure. As always, mate. And Frankie Rudland, thank you very much for joining us too. What is your score prediction for the Blues against the Gas tomorrow? I'm going to go for a 2-0. I think it'll be similar to Cheltenham. Uh, get the job done, but nothing too spectacular. Awesome. Frankie, thank you. thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Cheers. Thank you once again to both Jeff and Frankie. Thank you ever so much for everyone for tuning in to the show this evening. So, can Pompey make it another League One win? Can they even go to the top of the League One table? Who knows? I'm going for a 1-0 win. Pompey Live is back tomorrow from 2 o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey Live. Pompey dispatched four past Cambridge at Fratton on Tuesday night. Portsmouth will be very encouraged with the way the season is shaping up. Four league games in because they put four past Cambridge United. Up next, Bristol Rovers are the visitors at Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2pm. All the action will be right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. To join us, myself, Connor Mosley, and Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler will be live from Fratton Park to bring you all of the action as the Blues take on Bristol Rovers in the next match day of League One action. And did I say 1-0 Pompey? How pessimistic. I'm going for 3-0. It's got to be more than one, surely, after what we've seen over the last few weeks. 3-0 Pompey up the Blues. We're going to do it. Top of the table. Here we come. Okay, some of the other games happening across the division tomorrow afternoon. Barnsley take on Wickham. Bolton hosting Sheffield Wednesday. Burton take on Port Vale. Charlton are at home to Cambridge United. It's Exeter versus Cheltenham. Fleetwood versus Derby County. Forest Green Rovers are home to Plymouth Argyle. Accrington, they travel to MK Dons. Oxford host Morecambe. Peterborough United at home to Lincoln City. And of course, Pompey at home to Bristol Rovers and Shrewsbury versus Ipswich. The final game in League One tomorrow afternoon. Okay, it's coming up your way here on Express FM. Connor Mosley is back with Express Floor Fillers right after the news at 7. Before tomorrow morning, we've got got Saturday breakfast with Ian McGuinness uh, from 8 through until 10. Lily Park is back from 11 through until 2. And then, of course, it is for the return of Pompey Live for the Blues versus the Gas. Danny Cowley versus Joey Barton. Pompey versus Bristol Rovers. How will this one play out? Join myself, Connor and Jay Sadler for all of the action at Fratton Park at 2 o'clock. Until then, have a great evening. Enjoy your weekend. Take care, stay safe and play out Pompey.